listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Good morning, everyone. All right, glad to be back. How are you guys doing today? Great, good. Can you just turn to the person beside you bago tayo magsimula, no? And just greet that person. Glad to see you here. And just say good morning. And just bless that person. God bless you for being here. I'd like to welcome you to church. My name is Pastor Ariel, and I'm one of the pastors of this congregation. And today we are starting a brand new series entitled The Walk the Talk. Everybody say Walk the Talk. And this basically is about the Word of God. And I believe that all of us, will uh, find it not just very useful, but very, uh, you know, helpful with our walk with the Lord. How many of you love your Bible? Or how many of you have a Bible? Sino dito may Bible? Okay. Sino dito may Bible na dala ngayon? Kasi like, wala. Okay. But you love it, right? <laughs> how many of you have a digital Bible? Ayun naman pala. Masyadong techie itong mga taong to technologically advanced. And so we have the Word of God digitally. We have the Word of God printed on paper. But um, you know, I do hope that uh, you get to read it, meditate on it, and allow the Word of God transform us. And how many of you know that this is the Holy Bible? The reason why this is holy is because it has the ability to transform you, to change us, Right? So don't just allow your Bible to sit in your bookshelf gathering dust. Look at the person beside you. <laughs> but allow the Bible to actually change us. And so that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. In the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at uh, walking the Word. And I think, uh, you know, part of the... Uh, uh, template or the design, you see like there are six areas that we'll be focusing on. Walk the Word, storing the Word in our hearts, speaking the Word, or confessing it, remembering the Word, meditating on the Word, uh, choosing between the Word or the world, and then using the Word for prayers. How many of you love the book of Psalms? You love the book of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms. Every time I have a devotion or even my prayer life, I actually use the word uh, the, the chapter on uh, different chapters on some 150 uh, chapters, and um, you know it's a book of songs. And I believe that as Filipino, we love singing songs, right? And uh, I believe that this is right smack to where we are. We're going to be looking at just one chapter in the book of Psalm, but it's the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119. And uh, Psalm 119 have about 176 verses. We're going to be looking at that later on. And this is going to be an interesting journey and ride for all of us, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, the Word of God impact us. And I hope that, you know, after this series that we will have uh, a better appreciation, a better love for God's Word. How many of you know that the Word of God is sufficient for every season of your life? You know, uh, John earlier was praying for different needs. Like, for example, if you have needs for healing or different needs for, like, provision or, uh, you know, whether it's uh, a bondage, okay? Uh, the Word of God has something to say about those things. Or even with your current status in life. Now, how many of you are students? Please raise your hand. You're students. All right? 
The Word of God is very much applicable to where you are right now. Okay? Okay, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but you are to set an example for the believers in love and faith, in, uh, in speech, and in purity. So there's different areas. How many of you are singles? Please raise your hand. You're single, and you're always ready to mingle, okay? <laughs> uh, you're single, and you're just waiting, okay? Or you're single, and you're content. You know, there's also, uh, yeah, a lot of things that God wants to speak to us. Okay, as singles or married. How many of us are married? You're married. You're very much in love with your spouse. Okay, praise God. Pagkakataon mo na to, okay? You know, and, and God's word has something to say about us. You know, you know, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church, so on and so forth. If you're a parent, okay, you're married and you're a parent. Train up a child in the way you should go. And so there's so much things that God has to say with. His, in, uh, to us through His Word. Whether you're an employee, whether you're a boss, whether you're somebody who's starting in the business, or maybe you're somebody who's a senior citizen and you're looking for leaving something behind for your grandchildren, the Word of God is right there, smack where you are in this current season of your life. And so for this week, we're going to be looking at the first part of some. Uh, 190. Don't worry, we're not going to talk about each verse per week, okay? That's 176 verses. Baka dumating na si Lord, hindi pa tayo tapos, okay? That's the longest psalm or the longest chapter in the Bible. In fact, incidentally, the shortest chapter in the Bible happens to be Psalm 117. Two chapters before Psalm 119, okay? That's only two verses right there. Talking about praise the Lord, thank you for your faithfulness, Praise the Lord. That's it. Okay, that's Psalm 117, okay? And so every season in our life, I believe that God has to say something there. So Psalm 119 happens to be the longest chapter in the Bible, total of 176 verses. It's an alphabetic acrostic poem. So if you have, for example, if you have your Bible and you notice Psalm 119, it's divided into 22 sections, Okay, and there are eight verses per section. So this it is found normally in the book of Lamentations and sometimes also in the book of Psalms. Okay, so divided into 22 sections corresponding to the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, now each section is made up of eight verses in the Hebrew text and we're going to be reading the first eight verses today. Okay. And each line in that section begins with a particular letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So today we're going to be uh, reading the section of the Hebrew alphabet Aleph. So this is the Hebrew alphabet. Now mind you, okay? Mind you, I don't know how to read it. But you will notice that the difference, I think Esther is studying Hebrew right now and Pastor June. Um, but the Hebrew alphabet happens to have 22 letters. How many letters do we have in the English alphabet? 26. Ekumi enye, 27, right? I'm not sure if that's official, okay? In the Filipino uh, alphabet, how many letters do we have? Huh? 28 ba? right? But interestingly, in the Hebrew alphabet, you start from the right, reading to the left. Ah, parang Chinese, okay? 
So from right to left, that's why the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is what? Aleph. What's the second letter? Bet. That's where we get the word Aleph Bet. Alphabet. Oh. That's the etymology of the alphabet, okay? And so this is what happens to be one of the longest civilizations. What's interesting is, according to oral tradition, when King David was writing the book of Psalms, he used this particular chapter to teach his son Solomon alphabet. Using the word of God. How many of you know that that is rich? If you use the Bible to teach your children basic education, how many of you know they will carry that on for life? And we know that Solomon happens to be the wisest man who ever lived, but it got to his head, so he also did some foolish things because he had a foolish heart. <laughs> he needed a love that grows. <laughs> and that's why he married 300 wives, 700 concubines. And yet we realize that it's not enough for us to read the Bible unless the Bible impacts our heart and our life. Amen. You know, we live in a very religious nation. And I grew up very religious. Followed the traditions. In our family, we have one giant red Bible in our bookshelf that nobody dared touch because it's holy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I grew up looking at that altar with the Bible, red Bible. I don't even know where it is right now. But it was there and nobody dared touch it because it was holy. And we're, you know, we're going to Mass. We're going, you know, I, I, you know there was a time I was praying the rosary every single day. But it never changed my life. Only until I got saved radically when I was 18 years old. And I started reading the word of God and applying what it says. And slowly, it's changing me from the inside out. I'm not there yet. How many of you know that your pastors are not yet perfect? How many of you are perfect? Please raise your hand. Okay. Dito ka na. Ikaw na mag-preach ngayon. Kaya na ako. How to be you, okay? <laughs> but nobody's perfect. But we are all walking in progress. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking at for the next six. How do we walk in progress? Because God is working in us progressively. How do we walk in the truth of God's word? How do we walk the talk? That's exactly the title of our message today. And Psalm 119 happens to talk about the Word of God. Almost every verse that you will find in the book of Psalm 119 talks about the Bible in different terms and languages. Testimonies, laws, statutes, commands, you know, different way of saying the Word of God is found in the uh, chapter of Psalm 119. So why don't we all open up our Bibles to Psalm 119 right now, verse 1, and we'll be reading the first eight verses. And let's all stand up right now as we give reverence to God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 1 to 8. 
And I'd like us all to read the first two verses all out loud. In fact, no. Let's all read it out all together, out loud, eight verses. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes that I shall be not put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's all pray. Father, thank you so much for our time together. We thank you for your word. And I pray that you would allow us to have a deeper devotion and love for your word. It may transform us from our hearts to our entire lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. So we just read eight verses. Now, you do the math, that's 22 Letters times eight, that's 176. And we're just going to be taking six sections in the next six weeks with a short break about missions. Now, if you notice, we've read two verses that started with the word blessed. Everybody say blessed. Yes. How many of you would love to be blessed? This is the encouragement. It starts with a double blessing. You know, we read two verses in Psalm 119 that start to the word blessed. And that's in Hebrew, starting with the word aleph. You know, it's, it basically is translated to happy are those. You know, when you are blessed, how many of you know that you're happy? Blessed in the Greek is called makarios. That's why if your name is makarios, you're blessed, okay? Or makario, okay? You're blessed. And it is basically the one that forms the beatitude in Matthew chapter 5, Okay? How many of you remember the beatitude? This is where it came from. The word blessed. Blessed are those that are pure. Blessed are those that are, you know, that are hungry for righteousness, for they will be filled, so on and so forth. And so I believe that somehow the foundation of this particular chapter starts with blessed is the one who does not just read or meditate the word, but walks the word of the Lord. That's exactly what the word is saying. Blessed is that man or woman who not only hears the word. How many of you love coming to church on Sunday? You hear the word of God, right? And I pray, and my hope is this, that when we go out of those doors, that you don't just hear the word, but you apply the word in your life. Because how many of you know that Christianity does not only happen on Sundays? Christianity happens every single day of our life. You're expressing Christianity in your work tomorrow. Whether you have a good or bad boss, how many of you know that you can actually bless your work because God has blessed you? Wherever you go, you are blessed. Amen. And so, whether you're a student, whether you're a housewife, you know, you're, you can actually apply everything uh, in your life every single day. And that's the word of God. And the metaphor of walking, how many of you love to walk? You came here, you walked, right? You know, um, I, I, well, yeah. I used to run the marathon. 
used to, that's with the emphasis of the used to. <laughs> I used to run, now I love to walk. Because I, you know, I was talking to one of our pastors in uh, Nashville. Pastor Kevin is about, I don't know, 60 plus years old. But he's got a good physique. And his secret, he's telling me, is Pastor A, just eat right and walk 30 minutes every single day. That's it. That's what I do. I don't leave heavyweights. I don't do this because I can't anymore. But I walk. I have a better heart. So just walk. Not right now. You sit, okay? <laughs> but when you walk, there's a certain pace that we have. You can actually walk while talking. You know, when you're running, I realize it's so hard to talk. Bakit? <laughs> but when I walk with my wife, sometimes after dinner, we just take the pace. Holding hands while walking, H-H-W-W. <laughs> and we talk. And we commune. And we share life. And I believe that that is the metaphor, the picture that God wants with us. That when we walk the Word, we allow the Holy Spirit to walk with us and teach us life in general. Whatever it is that you are facing. So I believe that all of us would like to have a blessed life. I have three quick items that I want to talk about and then we're going to end the sermon. A blessed life is a life of obedience to God's Word. Everybody say obedience. Ito palang first point, mahirap lang gawin. Because how many of us are always bent to obey? Don't raise your hand anymore. Because we test our children. Sometimes, you know, we, you know, as parents, we desire them to obey us. But how many of you know that when you tell a two-year-old not to hold the fan, what will that two-year-old do? <laughs> test your word, right? And somehow we, we bring that up when we grow up. But we are blessed every time we live a life of obedience to the Word of God. Let's go back to verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is what? Blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, how can anyone say that he... How, how many of you can say that you are blameless? You know, we're not talking about you being perfect. We're not, you know, being blameless does not mean sinless perfection. That is not what it means. Because if perfection is the standard, none of us is qualified to be blessed. How many of you know that? Then wala tayong blessings if the requirement is to be perfect. But the requirement is only to be blameless. And being blameless, in another translation, I think in the New King James, it means that undefiled. Everybody say Undefiled. Blessed are those who are blameless in the way, or uh, whose way is blameless. In that, in that translation, blessed are those who are undefiled in the way. And when you talk about undefiled, it's equivalent to being blessed. The standard for blessedness is purity, not perfection. We're not being asked by God to be perfect in our ways. We're just asked by God to be pure in our ways. You know, if you buy mineral water, how many of you would check if it's pure? Okay, it depends on the brand. You'll have the confidence to drink it if it's pure and unmarked and sealed, right? But if you're given a water with something floating there, 
Would you drink it? No way, because it's not pure. And God wants us to walk a pure life. In fact, one of the, uh, one of the blessings or the uh, Beatitudes is, Blessed are those who are pure in heart because they shall see God. There's a certain purity that God brings to us the moment you get saved. We're not perfect. Now, how many of you are Christians? You're born again, and you have been saved by God. Please raise your hand, okay? This is not a trick question. How many of you gave your heart to the Lord? We sang that earlier. Take my heart, Lord. When we gave our heart to the Lord, God gave us His heart and His spirit. He changed us. When we put our faith in Christ on that cross, He made us new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. That is what I meant with being pure. Now, when you walk every single day, how many of you know that there will be times that you will gather dust? Right? You know, especially for us who like to wear white shoes, right? I have a tendency to gather dust. You know, uh, I learned this from Pastor Bodhi. Pastor Bodhi has a pair of white shoes that he never brings out of this church. It's just there in the cabinet. Sabi niya ganun, kasi pagka nilabas ko yan, madudumihan. Mayroon paglinis. So yung sapatos na yon, pang office lang. Hindi e, ko, e, ako ganun eh. What I use from my house to my driving to walk around in the parking and then come here, that's the same shoes I wear. So what I do when I get home is I take on wet ones and I wipe it out. And I make it pure again. <laughs> Parang ganun lang yon. Okay, so purity does not mean perfection, but God wants us to be pure, and God constantly purifies all of us. Take the example of Job. In Job chapter 1, verse 1, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was what? Blameless. The Bible uses the same word, blameless. Blameless in his ways, okay? In this particular case, blameless and upright, matuid. Okay? One who feared God and turned away from evil. You know, this first verse talks about the description of Job that his heart is bent towards obeying God. How many of you know that Job was not a perfect person? But yet, God was bragging about Job. In fact, you know the story, we don't have to get into the detail that, you know, one day when Satan said, you know, God asked, where are you coming from? You know, I was... I'm hovering, uh, you know, I'm just going around the earth. And then God said, have you considered my servant Job? There's nothing like him. There's no one like him because of his uprightness and blamelessness. Yet we know that blamelessness is equivalent to being blessed. Amen. But how many of us also know that Job was not exempt from the testings of God? I mean, he was radically tested. But how many of you also know that at the end, he was radically blessed? Because he responded right. So blamelessness and the blessings of God, does that mean exemption from testings or trials? Okay? Receive that muna for a moment. How many of you have been tested already? How many of you have gone through trials? Please raise your hand. Those who are not raising your hand, don't worry. He'll come. And somehow the world would think that it is cool to be not blameless. 
that somehow it is cool to be to have duplicity that it's acceptable to have compromise let me ask you this if you're a business person and if you are to make business with somebody would you make a a business with a person that you know is constantly compromising or would you rather choose someone who has integrity and one who you, whom you can trust. Yung alam mo hindi ka lolokohin. That's exactly what we mean. Being blameless is someone who's straight. Straight as an arrow. Being blameless is someone who has convictions. Being blameless is someone who has standards. Who would always desire to obey God. An American theologian by the name of James Montgomery Boyce said this, The reason why we are not happy is we sin. And the main reason we sin is we do not, uh, is we do is that we do not know the Bible well enough. Apart from being instructed by God, human beings do not know how to achieve happiness. Sometimes we think that the way to happiness is to have more money, or the way to happiness is to be successful in business. Or the way to happiness is to have the, the, the love of your life. You know, I mean, those are good. Those are nice stuff. But how many of you know the way to happiness is obeying and living the word of God? This is the way to happiness. Come on now. I mean, if you really want to be happy, look no further. It's right in front of you. You read that word every single day. Let it capture your heart. It'll give you a happy day. That's the reason why, you know, and sometimes you think, eh, nabasa ko na yan, pastor. I read the Bible already. How many of you have read the Bible? You know, don't raise, raise your hands, right? You read the Bible from cover to cover. And, you know, sometimes people will say, nabasa ko na yan. I'm familiar with it already. You know, unless it is a part of your life, then God is not done with you yet. And you know, in my 36 years of walking as a believer, and I have read this Bible from cover to cover several times, and to this day, I still read it every single day. And I am much in love with it today than I was in love with it yesterday. Because it continues to engage me, continues to change me, and you know, when I read, for example, when I wake up in the morning, I would go down, I would get a cup of coffee, and I would read already, and I would open my Bible. I have a red Bible. It's a devotional. It's called a one-year Bible. And I just read it every single day. You know, for example, today is September 4, and also I read September 4. There's something from the Old Testament, something from the New, something from the Psalms, something from Proverbs. And I allow the Word of God to engage me, even if I read it before. How many of you know that the revelation of God today is something new today? How many of you have eaten pandisal in your life? Okay? Pastor, natikman ko na yung pandisal. Ayoko na ng pandisal. Because natikman ko na siya eh. But how many of you will eat pandisal again tomorrow or next day? Bakit? Alam mo na yung lasa eh. Eh, masarap eh. Especially pag hot at saka may butter. Well. Why do we have to read the Word of God? Eh, kasi masarap eh. It changes me. It encourages me. 
and I have problems, and I'm deep in trouble with my thought life, put it there. And I allow it to wash. No, I allow it to brainwash me. To wash my head. To wash my heart. And engage me. Blessed is the guy or the man or the woman who's found blameless in one's way. In verse 3 it says, Who also do no wrong. Wow, how can this psalmist have the audacity to say, you know, blessed is the one who does no wrong. We're not talking about one who's perfect in his ways, but one who is desiring to do no wrong or to do no harm. How many of you would wake up in the morning and think, sino kaya maluloko ko today? <laughs> There's something wrong with your heart if you, if you wake up in that morning like that. But when you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself, Lord, whom can I bless today? Or how can I live up your heart? Or how can I please you? Then that is what the Bible is saying. Who do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Verse 4 talks about this. You have commanded your precepts to be kept what? Diligently. Oh, that my ways be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Talking about two attitudes on how we obey the word of God. It talks about diligence. It means steady. It means earnest with energetic effort. You know, when you talk about obeying God, we're dapat with gusto, with energy. Even if it's sometimes painstaking. Even if there's opportunity to compromise. Even if there's opportunity to sin, you're not sinning because there's diligence there. Having the desire to obey, even when it is inconvenient and unpopular. You're diligent in obeying the Word of God. You're steadfast. Being steadfast means firmly fixed. There's a permanence in your conviction that no matter what happens, I'm going to obey the Word of God. Even if there is an opportunity to compromise and advance in your career, I will not compromise I'm going to be steadfast because it's not my boss or my career who will bless me. It's God who will bless me. Amen. And that should be the attitude. No matter what happens, you will not be swayed by the influence of the world. Charles Spurgeon said this, To enjoy this beatitude, a holy walking must become habitual. Must be daily. Must be regular. And this sacred exercise is very different from sluggish piety. There must be progress or practical action in the Christian life. And in order to experience blessedness, we must be doing something for the master. Which means that we are obeying and we are practicing what we preach. We are walking the talk. Secondly, a blessed life is a life of devotion to God and his word. We see that in verse 2. Blessed are those who what? Keep his testimonies and who seek him with their whole heart. With the emphasis on the whole heart. We cannot just seek God with our mind. We seek God with our heart. Amen. And I believe that love for God is expressed through your heart. We seek God with our entirety of our heart. We sang that earlier. Take my heart. This is yours. 
Take my life. This is yours. The heart is the center for being. I mean, we give. When we give our hearts to God, we give everything to God. That's exactly what it means. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not with some, not partial, not installment, but with your whole heart. Look at the person beside you and tell the person, with the whole heart. Tell the other person, with your whole heart. You know, even David was tested in this. And how many of you know that David was not a perfect man? He sinned, one of the gravest sins that anyone could do, adultery. And to cover up his sin, he committed murder, double jeopardy. But now that David is no longer walking on this earth, how do we know him? Do we call him as David the adulterer or David the murderer? No. David, the man after God's own heart, because he gave his heart to the Lord. God desires us to have a fully devoted heart when we address to him uh, every single day, when we come to him every single day. Now, I, I realize that we have to distinguish between a broken heart and a divided heart. How many of us have a broken heart? Sino, kan, sino rito nagkaroon ng broken heart? Please raise your hand. I'm raising up my hand. Okay? Broken heart. Unbreak my heart. Say you love me again. Okay? Unclose the hurt that you did when you walked out that door and you walked out my life. And we think that the breaking of the heart is the leaving of a person. That's why may mga modern translation dito, di ba, yung don't break my heart, my icky breaky heart, or whatever, okay? As a modern translation, or if that's old, I'm not sure. But when you talk about a broken heart, this is a heart that has been subjected to grief and loss. A broken heart has actually been a heart that has been subjected to pain. In the past two years, how many of you know that we all have a broken heart? This pandemic took something from us, took away our freedom. Some of us are suffering not just broken hearts, but mental health illness. Some of us lost jobs. Some of us lost careers or opportunities or businesses. Some of us lost loved ones during the pandemic. And we cannot just trivialize the fact that we all have had a broken heart. And how can you actually say, God, that you can, I can give you a whole heart? That's why when you talk about a broken heart, a broken heart cannot be healed by a new relationship. You know, if somebody has broken your heart because of a bad relationship, you cannot rebound by looking for another person and say, this will heal my heart. Or a broken heart cannot be healed by a new career or a promotion or more money or maybe a vacation or watching, you know, binge watching on Netflix, extraordinary attorney, whatever, okay? <laughs> you know, you can't, 
you can't mend a broken heart by trying to fill it with the things of the world. The only way that we can mend a broken heart is that when we present that broken heart before God. And say, God, heal my heart and mend my broken heart so that it may be whole again. How many of you know that God is not shocked if you and I have a broken heart? Because all of us have broken hearts. Just don't become a foolish heart. Okay lang yung broken heart. Now there's something about a divided heart. Now that we bring our broken heart so that God can heal it, right? When you actually present it to God, God's desire is to heal that broken heart from pain, from grief. You can't put an expiry date on pain. You know, when we lost our son 17, 18 years ago, it still hurts because there's a scar in our heart. But somehow, that's, there's no longer a scab. It healed over the years, but it's not fully healed yet because I see a scar. And when you have a brokenness before the Lord, God gives grace to the brokenhearted. He lifts up the brokenhearted. He has a desire to bring you in His presence if you are brokenhearted. Now, a divided heart is different from a broken heart. A divided heart, the challenge is, a divided heart, part of your affection is with God, and part of your affection is with the world. That's why you have a divided heart. A divided heart says this, Lord, I want you, and then on another side, Lord, I don't like you. Ano ba talaga, kuya? You know, I want you, you know, when there's a need, I want you. Penge. I need you. Give me. And then I don't want you because when God is pointing something in your life to be surrendered, I don't like you. I resist God. God wants that heart to be undivided. In fact, there's another psalm that says in Psalm 86 verse 11, the second part, it says, Unite my heart to fear your name. It talks about the desire of the psalmist to unite his heart because his heart has been divided. How many of you know this is an amazing prayer? And when you, have, when you feel that you have a divided heart, you pray this prayer in the book of Psalm 86 and say, God, God, unite my heart so that I would actually have one heart beating for you and not for the world. You know, how do we fix a divided heart? Be open to God. Because how many of you know that God knows everything anyway? You can't hide anything before the Lord. Be honest with Him and learn to surrender. You know, godly people are honest before the Lord. Yes, if you're struggling with, you know, areas in your life, God's not done with you yet. God wants to fix that heart. And I believe in the end, we will all have a whole heart. That's the reason why in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about how much power the Word of God is. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4, uh, 12, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I like this next verse. Now it's next um, uh, translation in the New King James. It says, The Word of God is living and powerful. Para mas intense tong translation na to. Okay? 
In the ESV, it says, the Word of God is living and active. But in the New King James, it says, the Word of God is what? Living and powerful. This is where we get the word dunamis. Or where we get the word dynamite. The Word of God is like a dynamite. Hindi ka BTS yun na una yung Bible doon, okay? You know, the Word of God has a tendency to explode things so that it will shatter things that are contrary with the Word of God. Sharpened any double-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit. You know, when you read the Word, how many of you have experienced this? It's like God taking a scalpel and he is cutting things in your heart. And there's a fineness in the medical instrument that God is using that he's able to divide soul and spirit. You know, we are tripartite beings. You are a body, you are a soul, and you are a spirit. Look at the person beside you. May body pa ba? Or spirit na? Okay? We have a body. This is our home while we're here on earth. But how many of you know that this body will not last forever. But our spirit will last forever. But there's an aspect in us that's soulish. This is where your mind, your will, and emotion comes in. And this is where we struggle sometimes because the soul sometimes can be contrary with the spirit of God. Sometimes your will is not aligned to God's will. And the word of God is able to dissect that and point to you things that you need to align in accordance to His Word. The Word of God discerns your thoughts and attitude of your heart. You know, I found out that when I'm reading the Word of God, the Word of God is actually reading me. And sometimes we say, alam ko na yan. You know, and we tend to judge the Word of God. Hindi totoo yan. But the reality is, as you read the Word of God, it's judging you. As you read the Word of God, it's reading you. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes when I would actually read this, I would feel like the one, the King Belshazzar, remember the book of Daniel when we were talking about that? When, the, the, when there was a writing on the wall that appeared that talks about tekel, tekel, mene, parsin, you were weighed and you're found wanting. Sometimes when I read the Word, I'm being weighed by the Word. And I feel I'm, there are areas, Lord, in my life as a pastor, huh? as a father, as a husband. There are areas that I need to change. And it's the Spirit of God that helps us change things in our heart. Amen. How many of you are grateful that God is not done with you yet? Amen. Praise God. God's patient with us. Lord. <laughs> And my last point as I prepare to close is a blessed life is a life that is on display for God. How many of you know that God wants to display you so that you can be a showcase and a testimony to the rest of the world? In verse 6, it says, Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. You know, when we obey the word of God, don't worry about the shame. The shame part comes from sin. Sin brings guilt and shame, right? 
But when you are saved, there's no, nothing to fear. And there's no more room for shame. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't, God will not shame you. Okay? God will vindicate us. And God will protect us. You may be the only person in your company standing up for what is right. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be embarrassed. Stand up for what is right. God is your vindicator there. He will not let you be put in shame. Verse 7 says, I will praise you with an upright heart. This is another take on the whole heart. Upright means straight heart. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. You know, true praise is coming from praise not only from the lips, but coming from the heart. In fact, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, when we come before the Lord every single day, not only on Sundays, but when we praise God, that praise will come not only with our lips, but coming from a pure and straight and upright heart. Last verse is this. And I'd like to ask the music team to join me here upstage. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. You know, the psalmist promised to keep God's statutes, God's command, to obey it. And I believe that it is something that is to be worked on. You know, obedience to God's word is not something that's automatic, but it's progressive. You know, it's kind of like maybe going to the gym. You know, when you lift the weights, 20 pounds kamuna, before you try to lift 150 pounds. The same is true with God's word. It's like baby steps, but you're getting there. You're walking towards a pathway of God. And this is the way of the Lord. You're walking in the way of the Lord. And I realize that when you talk about the way of the Lord, each of us has a different pace in our walk with the Lord. Yung iba ang pace nila parang 14 kilometers per hour. Yung iba 20 kilometers per hour ang bagal. Pero okay lang yun. As long as you are making your step in obeying God. Because how many of you know that we have a good father that he wants to bless us as his children? And I believe that one of the marks of a child of God is his desire to obey God's word. 1 John chapter 5, verse 2. By this we know that we love, or that we are children of God if we love God and if we obey His commands. That is my prayer for us. You know, as we finish this sermon today, and we're going to have another one next week, my desire is that each of us will have a deeper devotion and love for God's Word every single day. That a day will pass that you will not go out or maybe retire at night without engaging the Word of God. Don't just read the Word when the pastor reads it on Sunday. Read it in your own time. And you can actually maybe start five minutes a day. That's fine. Let me ask you this question. How many of you are planning to have lunch today? Please raise your hand. Right after this, you're going to have lunch. I will. We feel that, right? 
we feel hunger in our stomachs. And that is our physical body. We invest so much in our physical realm. And yet that is not the thing that will last forever. The thing about you and me that will last forever is our spirits. And the food of the spirit is the word of God. My question for us today before we end this service is, when was the last time you actually ate a buffet and enjoyed a good viand of the Word of God? Allowing it to change and transform you, allowing it to encourage you for that day, allowing it to bring joy in your heart, allowing it to heal the brokenness of your spirit. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.